You're listening to WJMSRadio.com, where radio is reimagined. The Fired Up Show starts right now. Ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It's Monday, January 4th. And right here, that means it's time for Fire It Up, right here on WJMSRadio.com. This is Steve. I'm your host each week as we get ready to kick off a new year of looking at the political machine here in the United States and checking in to see what is going on. Well, we've now got 2020 in our rearview mirror, and hopefully as we watch it fade in the distance, we look forward with optimism and hope to what 2021 is going to bring us. Um, We are, in fact, almost done with 2020. A couple of little details to to wrangle out, and we're going to talk a little bit about those right here in the first segment. But as always, I hope everybody had a safe and happy uh, new year, and I hope you set your goals or made your resolutions or whatever it is that you practice for the new year. Uh, personally, I always set goals and uh, look to see through the year how many of them I can cross off. So without any further ado, let's get right into our show. As always, you know, we start off by checking in with uh, our nemesis, the coronavirus. And over the course of the weekend, as we transitioned into the new year, uh, the United States set a new milestone. We crossed 20 million cases of COVID-19 this past weekend, and more than 350,000 people uh, have lost their battle uh, to the the disease uh, so far. Uh, We, you know, mourn and and send our thoughts and prayers and condolences out to all of the families that have been impacted by this this pandemic over the course of the year uh, as as we have progressed through it. Uh, on the upside, we have now our two vaccines that are, are uh, in distribution. And as of the last uh, notices that I've seen, uh, we are approaching nearly 3 million people who have been inoculated uh, with either uh, the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine. So, you know, we are, we are starting the process, uh, even though initially, you know, estimates coming from the administration were that we'd have 20 million people inoculated by the end of the year. And, you know, we're well, well short of that. However, we are in the process. We are making the move toward getting more and more people inoculated. And hopefully we will start to see some impacts on that uh, as we progress further into 2021. In the meantime, however, we've still got to make sure that we're practicing the three W's, uh, you know, wear a mask, maintain your distance, wash your hands, and make sure that you are doing everything you can to keep yourself safe. So 2020, it's behind us. Uh, almost 100% behind us, but not quite yet. We still got a couple of little details to work through, and we're going to talk about those next. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, will be the uh, runoff election in Georgia, and that has been the long-anticipated, long-awaited showdown between the Republicans and the Democrats uh, in the state of Georgia for the two open uh the two senate seats rather they're not open they are they're occupied but they are up for re-election one uh is the seat uh, that would be in the normal election rotation for the senate and the other is a special runoff seat to fill uh an empty seat uh, out of georgia and right now uh all of the polls are are showing that it really is too close to call in both races, uh, in the race between um, Mr. Ossoff and David Perdue, who Mr. Perdue is the incumbent. Uh, right now, they are within a point of each other. And in the second race between um, Warnock, Reverend Warnock, and Kelly Leffler, 
uh, Reverend Warnock holds a two percentage point lead in that race. So too close to call, not really sure which way those seats are going to fall. But there's one thing that's clear. If the Democrats hope to take both of those seats, they are going to have to you know, spend these remaining hours doing everything in their power to get their vote out, to make sure that people get out and vote, uh, uh, even against the odds that are stacked against them in terms of voter suppression and, and other uh, games and tricks that have been played over the course of this election. We've already seen a record-breaking number of early votes cast for a runoff election in Georgia. However, you know, even though the, the early voting seems to favor Democrats, they really should not sleep on this lead. Not only is it very close, but traditionally and historically, Republicans uh, have been the ones to show up in higher numbers in runoff elections, particularly in Georgia, than Democrats have. So, you know, both campaigns on the Democratic side are doing everything they can to make sure that they get their energy up, get their vote out, and get those votes cast. Both President Trump and uh, President-elect Biden will be in Georgia. Uh, President Trump is going to Dalton, Georgia, as I understand it, and, and uh, President-elect Biden will be in the Atlanta area. area doing their final campaign run to get out the vote for their particular parties. Now, something that should be, be noted here is that um, President Trump and many other Republican leaders have been downplaying the, the vote effort on the Republican side, citing the fact that they, they believe that the election is rigged, that it is going to be fraudulent, and that it shouldn't be trusted. And it remains to be seen if that tactic is actually going to work against the Republicans and hand the seats over to the Democrats. Uh, in addition, between the uh, votes that occurred last week in the Senate regarding the $2,000 uh, stimulus payment that was passed uh, overwhelmingly in the House and brought to the Senate, the Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, uh, has blocked the three attempts to bring uh, a bill containing that $2,000 uh, stimulus payment to individuals uh, to the Senate floor for a vote. And as a result, uh, that bill is now defunct. Uh, it died with the close of the 116th Congress and will need to be revoted in the new Congress that uh, was sworn in yesterday on Sunday, the 117th Congress, and they will need to revote that and send it back to the Senate, hopefully with a better outcome for the people at least. Um, there was a lot of contentious debate regarding this bill, uh, as well as some of the things that were attached to it, one of which a, a poison pill element uh, brought in by the Republicans at the request and demand of President Trump for a repeal of Section 230 of the Telecommunications Act uh, that specifically governs whether or not uh, Internet platforms can be sued for content they carry on their platform. Uh, this is something that uh, President Trump uh, has been battling for for a long time and the Republicans have uh, placed that into one of the bills uh, along with the $2,000 stimulus. And that bill, that section of the bill is, you know, a, a poison pill. It is something the Democrats are not going to agree to. And uh, as a result, the bill is essentially dead. Uh, even before McConnell uh, actually, you know, did not bring it to the floor or blocked it from being brought to a vote. Uh, the second piece in, in that first bill that came out was also a call for a bipartisan commission to be put together to investigate the 2020 election uh, for fraud, uh, kind of the next to the last gasp of the Trump administration to try and overturn the results of the 2020 election and somehow, some way, some shape uh, have Donald Trump declared the winner. 
And that also, you know, by legal scholars and other experts uh, has been determined that, you know, there is near zero chance of that happening. Uh, we have gone through just about the entire process in terms of our election. And really, there is one step remaining. And we're going to talk about that next. Uh, but everything else that the Trump administration and, you know, President Trump and his team and specifically have tried to overturn the election in key states and get the you know, electoral votes switched from Joe Biden to Donald Trump, thus you know, reelecting him president. All of those efforts have failed. As we've watched over the last few months, we've seen you know, well more than 50 lawsuits brought in, in battleground states uh, on behalf of the president, and all of them have failed. Uh, the, the idea being that there is fraud or there was fraud in the election was never proven. Uh, no facts were brought out to corroborate the claims of the, the Trump campaign. Uh, and in, in every case, uh, judges throughout the, the suits, either on a determination of you know, no evidence to support the claims or what is called not having a standing, that is not having a, a basis for bringing the suit in the first place. Uh, and this has gone through all of the, the levels of our judicial system, all the way up to the Supreme Court, something that has, has um, ticked off the president to no, to no end, considering the number of Republican judges that the Trump administration has passed, has, has uh, nominated, and the Republican Senate has confirmed over the last four years, along with having three uh, Supreme Court justices placed on the bench by President Trump and confirmed by the Republican Senate, uh, all of which uh, went to no avail as correctly the, the judges at the lower levels and the justices of the Supreme Court all interpreted the law in determining what would happen with these lawsuits. If the uh, Republicans uh, in general, and, and Donald Trump in particular, thought that just because they appointed a judge that they would have that judge, quote, in their pocket, close quote, uh, and that they would vote you know, the way that they wanted them to vote, and disregard the Constitution and the law, uh, the proof has been that they were mistaken in that concept, at least so far. So, you know, it, it was in fact a victory for our system of justice in that it performed the way it is supposed to perform. Uh, judges and justices are supposed to be, you know, impartial, apolitical, and make their decisions based on the law based on the Constitution and based on the laws and precedents set in our country. And that is exactly what they did. So in, in some sense, you know, uh, those of us who, who believe in the Constitution, who believe in our system of uh, judicial ethics and judicial canon can take credit in the fact that the judges actually lived up to what their responsibilities called for. Um, and as I mentioned, the second element is the uh, um, Senate Electoral College conclusion, which will be held on Wednesday. And that is where the final tally of the electors in the 2020 election, uh, of which, you know, President Biden got 306 and, you know, I'm sorry, President-elect Biden got 306 and President Trump got 223. Uh, those will be opened and judged as valid in the concluding ceremony of that process. Uh, and that will be done and handled, uh, at least at this point, we believe, by current Vice President Mike Pence, who sits as the president of the Senate. Uh, there have been some discussions as to whether or not he may not do that so as not to, uh, I guess, tick off his boss. Uh, 
uh, and will appoint someone else to handle the ceremonial role of submitting the certified electoral results to the full House and Senate for final uh, acceptance. So that will occur, and then everything will be done with the exception of the inauguration of President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris to become president and vice president, respectively, on January 20th. And then maybe we can put um, 2020 fully into the rearview mirror and move forward with the business of our country and doing the things that we need to do. So, you know, that has capped off what can only be described as an unprecedented and unbelievable uh, election season here in the United States, Uh, whether it it was from, and and we'll talk a little bit as we kind of review some of the things that we've seen over the past year, that, that we've seen just some, some remarkable uh, and, as I said, unprecedented events around you know, elections and voting and, and all of that. So the other thing that, that's occurred, and this just occurred yesterday, Sunday, was that the new Congress, the 117th Congress, uh, took their seats and on their first action, uh, their first order of business was to vote to elect the next Speaker of the House. And um, at, as a result of that, uh, to no real surprise, but in a very in a, a close vote, um, Nancy Pelosi was reelected for another two years as Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, beating out. Uh, Republican uh, Congressman McCarthy uh, by a score of 216 to 208 uh, with uh, two votes for other candidates and three Congress people voting as present, which means they're not picking one or the other, but that they were in the in the building for the vote. So Nancy Pelosi remains as Speaker of the House for the 117th Congress. And she will hold that seat until the midterm elections uh, conclude and a new uh, Congress or, or a second stage of the 117th Congress will be seated. So, as I said, it, it's been a very, very contentious year. We've seen, you know, as we cover on this show, the, the political games that get played or the things that politicians do uh, for purely political or, you know, reasons uh, other than the job that we elected them and sent them to do, which is to represent us, the people. We have seen a tremendous amount of partisanship, uh, of, of divided governance, you know, from the, the handling of the COVID crisis, uh, which we'll talk also a little bit about. And, you know, through the election, through the, the voting process and actions by the party in power currently uh, to suppress and alter uh, the vote, to dispute votes, to, you know, to do all of the things that were designed from a purely political standpoint in terms of preserving the power, you know, of the, the party in power currently, which is the Republicans, uh, there have just been a number of things that have been done. And while, you know, President Trump has spent just a tremendous effort, uh, a, and I don't know how much of a boatload of money in lawyers' fees and legal battles to try and overturn the election, uh, the, the end result has remained unchanged. Uh, I think the American people can take some comfort and some pride in the fact that even in the face of all of the assaults that were brought upon it, our election process uh, prevailed. Uh, the elections were deemed by you know, everyone who has looked at them in an official capacity from both sides of the aisle as being fair and without uh, you know, any voter fraud going on. Now, 
in any election, there's always, you know, some mistakes, some errors, and so forth. What the Republican, the Republicans were looking for, and you know what they're they're continuing to look for right up until the 11th hour, 59th minute before the electoral ballots get confirmed is to, you know, to, to challenge and, and overturn thousands of votes in battleground states and, you know, remove those electors. And as if that wasn't enough, uh, over the weekend, 11 uh, Republican senators, uh, led by Senator Ted Cruz, uh, and with the backing of at least 10 other current and incoming Republican senators, uh, have indicated their plan to uh, to vote to reject the electors from some, if not all, of the battleground states in the 2020 election and throw those electors uh, into the pile for Donald Trump. Now, this has not been unanimously accepted by all Republicans and obviously by none of the Democrats. However, you know, it is the what some, some are seeing as the absolute last-ditch effort to overturn the election uh, in favor of President Trump by removing those electors and replacing them with uh, state-selected electors who would be loyal to Trump and thereby changing the Electoral College count, giving Donald Trump the presidency for four more years. Now, Every legal expert that has posted up on this uh, has pretty much agreed that this move has almost no chance of, number one, proceeding, and number two, being successful if it does proceed, uh, up to and including the fact that Vice President Pence has even submitted a request to the court to throw the, the measure out uh, and not allow it to be heard. Uh, simply because the the process that is being attacked is a ceremonial process that's enshrined in the Constitution. Uh, it is purely a record-keeping acknowledgement of the electoral votes, which have already been ratified by the joint session of Congress, uh, you know, ten days ago, and really it is just the final bow on top of the package for the 2020 election. So, you know, we can expect there to be some some fireworks on um, Wednesday, uh, but the end result should not change the outcome of the election in any way, shape, or form, uh, you know, but we have to play this through, you know, just, just like a, you know, a game of cards. You got to play it down to the last card. So we'll see what transpires on Wednesday, but everybody uh, who at least sounds like or seems like they're in the know believes that this will have no effect on the outcome of the election and that the choice made by the people of the United States will stand and Joe Biden will take the oath of office on January 20th. So you know, as I said, 2020 has been a roller coaster year. We're going to look at a few more things that cross the radar over the course of the year. Uh, in, in, in research and pulling together the list, there were literally uh, tens and tens of items that could make the list, but I'll try and narrow it down to a few of the, the big ticket items that, of course, we all talked about over the course of the year. So, you know, we're going to take our break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fired Up Radio right here on WJMS.com. This is Steve. We'll be right back after the break. Things are getting intense. Using up my sixth sense. Thought you had us figured. I can't use me at your expense. They be on that pretense. We be on some defense. If you in a past tense, you could keep your two cents. I don't wanna be another target on a headless. All my people running around the city like some misfits. So I'm steady. 
really praying for my brothers like a wish list. Can I trust a soul? They gon' turn on you the quickest. Damn, there's so much going on in this world we call our home. They been looting and protesting, trying to get it for our home. Ain't nobody got us like we got us. Streets is in a frenzy, you see the riots. Stand up for a cause, or you die for one of yours. Ain't no universal laws, they just want to sabotage. Rolling with my entourage, and they tell us be safe. But they got our hands behind us while we down up on our face. It don't make no sense, no. It felt like a death, no. How we supposed to raise our sons, how we supposed to get through. Feeling really stressful, years of being dreadful. How could we be careful when we ain't really careful? Therefore, all the youths need a good mentor, yes, Lord. All the years, this we in. There's no cure. All the cops screaming f- 10 for what for? Government always trying to send, so we at war. Yeah, we black, but we really called Moors. Born poor. All we care about is Jordan Concourse. Look at stars. Why you taking things that's not yours? All boy. That ain't no way yet on the George Floyd. Stay on point. Half America is really unemployed. We annoyed. Killing people with a state of paranoia. Can't avoid it. All these businesses burned down and destroyed. No insurance. Think my people kind of miss. And what's important, uh-huh. yeah, stand up for your rights Yeah, we putting up a fight They don't want us out at night So they gave us curfew It's like jumping out the plane with no f- parachute Don't shoot, hands up But they still gon' do it Here we know and probably like, man, what y'all doing Need to come together, all of us And start a revolution, yeah Discover more solutions, overthrow the constitution Stop the looting, stop the shooting We've been living in confusion I'm getting intense, using up my sixth sense Don't you had us figured I can't use Expense, they be on that pretense. We be on sub defense. If you in a past tense, you could keep your two cents. I don't wanna be another target on a headless. All my people running around the city like some misfits. So I'm steady praying for my brothers like a wish list. And I trust a soul, they gon' turn on you the quickest. And welcome back. Welcome back to Fire It Up right here on WJMS Radio. And this is Steve. And we're looking back and looking in the rearview mirror at some of the events that made 2020 uh, such an unprecedented year, uh, both good and bad. Uh, taking you know stock of the headlines. As I was doing the research, uh, looking back over the major headlines of 2020, uh, at least 75% of them had the word COVID in it. So, you know, obviously the COVID pandemic, uh, which, you know, started with the first reported death on January 21st of this year. Uh, and here we are now, you know, uh, nearly a year later, and we have 20 million cases and 350,000 plus deaths uh, showing just how, Uh, vicious this disease has been. Uh, The year was marked with a lot of controversy around COVID, uh, much of which revolved around the response of, you know, the government, our leaders, as well as, you know, the the medical and scientific community who seemed to be, you know, playing cross stories with each other with the, you know, the, the government, um, particularly the administration, uh, downplaying the virus at first, uh, saying you know, that you know, when, when there were 15 cases that they would magically disappear, that the summer would make them go away. All of the stories that came out around um, you know, mistruths and misstatements around COVID-19 that came out of the White House uh, culminating, in, in fact, in the White House itself becoming a super spreader location with the president and the first lady uh, testing positive for COVID. Uh, in fact, President Trump was briefly hospitalized to treat the disease, uh, along with notable others, you know, too many to name, but, you know, at least 50 people in the, the working inner circle of the Trump administration uh, ended up testing positive for the COVID virus. Um, and, you know, just 
not accepting the the advice of the medical and scientific community, you know, where they were talking about wearing your mask and staying socially distant and washing your hands and not touching your eyes, nose or mouth. And, you know, they consistently, at least early in the year through uh, probably into April, were, you know, totally downplaying that. Um, we also had, you know, just some, some you know, notable losses that occurred. Um, you know, in, in early in January, uh, the, the country was stunned at the tragic loss uh, in a helicopter crash. Uh, you know, nine people, uh, including NBA star Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianni, uh, along with eight other friends, including children, uh, who died in a, a helicopter crash in California. Uh, wildfires, you know, throughout the West uh, and in, in some cases the Midwest uh, raged seemingly out of control. Uh, we had a, a large number of hurricanes. Uh, the island of Puerto Rico actually suffered through two hurricanes and a string of earthquakes that lasted nearly three months. Uh, just devastating that island. Uh, there were, you know, just a, a overwhelming number of just tragedies um, uh, of a natural disaster type uh, with, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes, storms, etc. Uh, and then there were also tragedies of the man-made variety as, you know, we saw continuing struggles with uh, police shootings of uh, people of color, particularly black people, uh, notably, you know, capped off with uh, the the uh, arrest and death of George Floyd on, you know, covered by national television. Um, and we, we saw, you know, this poor man with a police officer kneeling on his neck for, you know, eight minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, and he's crying out that he can't breathe, uh, which seemed to be the spark to a year of, you know, protests in the streets and the, the, the further rise and empowerment of the Black Lives Matter movement. And in response, you know, we saw, you know, reactions from, um, you know, white nationalists and white supremacists uh, in, in opposition to this movement. And in some cases, there were violent clashes and, you know, fire set and property destroyed. Uh, all of these just just played into a national narrative of a deeply divided country politically, uh, racially and economically, all played in the, on the backdrop of the coronavirus, which was devastating our economy. Uh, we had more than, you know, 16, 17 million people uh, unemployed at, at the height of the pandemic last year. Uh, and, you know, we still have, you know, 30 or 40 million Americans with some form of food insecurity, uh, economic insecurity. Um, and all the while, you know, the, the, the government has, has just been dancing around. Now, they did in March pass a, the CARES Act, which uh, distributed $1,200 in economic stimulus, as well as some enhanced and expanded unemployment benefits as a result of the COVID pandemic, uh, which was seen as a good start. However, it wasn't until um, nine months later, in fact, we just this past uh, a couple of weeks, you know, within the last 10, 15 days, got the second stimulus program underway with getting additional monies to people uh, in the amount of $600. But it also, you know, added some extended unemployment benefits and extended protections for homeowners and renters uh, to prevent evictions, all of which is, is welcome, although $600 is not a lot of money. Any you know, money that came in you know, is a help. But you know, it, it took the government, uh, it took Congress you know, nine months to, to come to the aid 
uh, again for the American people. Uh, we spent all of that time watching the House and the Senate, uh, you know, playing this this game of chicken of you know proposing one bill and and shooting it down and so forth and so on, and. Added into that, you know, we had the background of the contentious presidential election, which saw, you know, three presidential debates uh, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, the first one being a, a mostly unintelligible shouting match with um, Donald Trump talking over Joe Biden and interrupting uh, both, you know, Biden and the moderator. Um, the, the second debate was, you know, a, a lot more informative, uh, although, you know, there wasn't a lot of talking over. The, the substance of it really was clouded by the misstatements, uh, mistruths, and, and factual inaccuracies of many of the points that uh, President Trump made. Uh, and, you know, the, the third debate uh, consisted of the two candidates holding, you know, individual interviews, sort of town hall forums um, without the other candidate being present in the room at the time, which really didn't give a whole lot of, you know, deep information for the American people to digest as much of it was just a restatement of stump speeches and already made campaign points. So, you know, th this has been a, a year, 2020 was a year of, you know, just trying to stay strapped in and, you know, trying to, to piece together what's going on and what we needed to know in terms of helping us make our political decision. When we finally did get down to election day, you know, uh, again, the the incumbent administration, you know, the, the Trump machine was proclaiming even before the election was held that it was going to be fraudulent. And, you know, uh, there was there was going to be a lot of corruption in the mail in voting process and that the idea of an extended amount of time for ballots to be counted uh, Donald Trump wanted the election called in, in, a, in finality uh, on election night with, with the votes that were already recorded at that time, knowing full well that mail-in ballots uh, in many states wouldn't be fully counted for you know, several days or, or even a week. And yet here we are you know, now in January of 2021, and we're still arguing and debating over, you know, incorrect ballot counts and fraudulent ballots and signatures not matching and so forth. Uh, so, you know, and, and many people, and, and I've talked to quite a few people who just really wanted, you know, like 2020 to, you know, to dry up and go away. Uh, it, it, is, it has been just a hell of a ride throughout the year not knowing what's coming next. Uh, and, you know, truthfully, in, in terms of someone who, you know, tries to keep up with, you know, the political workings going on, uh, it, is, it has been um, difficult, <laughs> to put it nicely. Uh, it, it's been very hard to, to go through and, and find, you know, the stories that, you know, talk about, you know, and illustrate how the political system in this country works or doesn't work, which is what the focus of this show is, uh, more so than individual you know, players or participants, um, has made for a very challenging time in, in bringing our show to you each week. Um, and you know, it, it, it's not over yet. As I said, we've still got you know, a couple of last uh, strings to tie up here before we, you know, can essentially put a wrap on the election and move toward the inauguration on the 20th and begin, you know, the, the new chapter in government. As I said in the first segment, the Georgia Senate race is, is looming super large 
uh, over the election process as the outcome of those two you know, contested uh, Senate seats is going to determine control of the Senate, uh, whether it remains in Republican control with Mitch McConnell at the helm, or if the Democrats win both of those seats, then the Senate would become a 50-50 tie, uh, and the president of the Senate, who will be the newly elected vice president, Kamala Harris, will be the, the tie-breaking vote in those 50-50 uh, decisions. And, you know, even if the Democrats get both of those seats, it does not guarantee a, a sweep of the board in terms of, of, you know, Biden policy getting through the, the Senate uh, easily. Uh, there will still be, you know, a, as many as 50 Republicans who are opposed. Um, and for those votes that require more than a simple majority, uh, that's going to be, you know, a challenge to get the additional uh, 17 Republicans to vote with Democrats in order to get that, you know, supermajority, that veto-proof majority uh, that some some bills and some appointments require. So, you know, we we've we've still got a show to go through um, at least for the next two years until the midterm elections, uh, which you know. Nobody knows how that that's going to run up, um, depending on how things proceed. Uh, on one side, you could see the Democrats expand their leads, both in the House and the Senate, and secure a, a firmer majority and you know maintain that three-branch of government control. Or we could see the Republicans regain control of the Senate, uh, even perhaps you know, gain control of the House. Uh, bear in mind that the Republicans made some inroads in that and the Democrat majority in the House of Representatives is slimmer than it was uh, in 2020. So, you know, it, it, it's not a lock for the Democrats. The Republicans do have options. Uh, hopefully, um, with, you know, the, the change in administration, perhaps there will be some change in attitude uh, I think, you know, as we talk about on this show quite frequently, a large part of that that change in attitude is going to need to be driven by us, the electorate, in you know keeping and holding our elected officials accountable, uh, making sure that we are communicating to them in large numbers and regularly on what our wishes are so that, you know, it is it is the people that are speaking and, you know, not the special interests, not the lobbyists, not the dark money and all of that. Uh, so it remains to be seen, you know, what the Biden administration and, and what the the government is going to look like under newly elected President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. But, you know, the the optimists in the room uh, believe that in many regards, it can only be better than it has been over the past four years, uh, particularly when we talk about areas like foreign policy. Um, it, there already seems to be a large uh, influx of support for the incoming president uh, from America's allies. Uh, they have reported in early with their support and congratulations. And, you know, we, we shall see how that plays out on the world stage uh, as America seeks to rebuild its leadership position uh, diplomatically and, and, you know, in, in ties with our allies, uh, you know, around the globe. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we can, we can keep an optimistic eye. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how much we went through in 2020. Um, you know, and while everyone, you know, is, is optimistic about the future starting, you know, in 2021, uh, we need to make sure that we understand, and, and by we, I mean, you know, the people, that we still need to hold our government accountable. Uh, just because the Democrats, you know, may be in, quote, control, close quote, doesn't mean that, you know, we, they get a buy. Doesn't mean that, 
you know, okay, the Democrats are in. Shoo, we can sit back now, you know, and sip our coffee. No, we need to make sure that we hold them accountable to to what we want and to what they committed to us to do. Um, both Biden and Harris have put out, you know, some very, you know, far-reaching agendas. We need to make sure that we understand them and that we are are talking to them and to the administration about the goals that they set for themselves and making sure that we let them know clearly that our expectations that they are going to hold that up. And that's a large part of what this show is going to be be covering in 2021. And, you know, that that's a, a perfect segue into the final segment where I want to talk about, um, you know, fired up the radio show. I want to talk about where I I want to take the show, where I think uh, we can do some some great things, how we can make that happen and some changes that you will see coming in the coming weeks to both the format of the show, the look and feel of the show, and some of the things that I'm going to add to enhance uh, getting the message out of the Fired Up show. So, you know, with, with that, you know, let, let's, let's talk about where we're going to go in the coming year and beyond. First and foremost, you know, I, I'm very, very, very proud of the, the show that we've put together over the, the year 2020 with all of its challenges. Uh, as I've said many times, I'm very grateful for this platform and for WJMSRadio.com for giving me this platform to talk with you. Uh, that being said, uh, one of the things that I'm going to be changing uh, over the course of the show is that you know I- I'm going to be trying to increase the number of stories that we cover in in the show and granted we only have an hour so it 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 can get challenging sometimes but uh instead of having you know one two or three major stories that we we kind of go deep in depth uh we're going to try and expand the the number of shows and the number of things that we cover keeping in mind that the focus of the show isn't on politicians isn't on the people it's on the political system but, you know, we're going to be spending a lot more time talking about uh, the mechanics of how elements of the political system are working, um, how they impact us in, in terms of the rank and file Americans and how we can you know, affect change in that system for things that we want to see changed. So, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit more fast moving. We're not going to spend quite as many minutes uh, going in depth on stories. I'm going to relegate a lot of that in depth coverage uh, into an expansion of the Facebook page, uh, including some some video segments that I'm working on. Um, you know, and and I'm just finalizing things like backgrounds and and so forth, uh, along with some changes that WJMS is requesting of all the show hosts in terms of you know the content and the messaging and the the uh advertising for our shows so you're, you're going to see some new things coming out and i urge you to go to our facebook page uh on facebook.com it's fired up radio and you know it, it it's where a lot of information is going to be posted uh, starting with updates on what the show content is going to look like. Um, I will be, you know, putting uh, more emphasis on upcoming episodes and so forth. So, you know, we're going to be making some, some pretty nice changes. Uh, I, I think you'll enjoy. So definitely uh, go to Fired Up Radio at Facebook.com. Uh, subscribe to the page, like and follow the page so you get the announcements and updates. Uh, we're also going to be expanding our use of Twitter uh, in that in conjunction with uh, the Facebook page, we'll be putting many more announcements out. So if you go to Twitter and our handle there is at A-R-E-U fired up and that's all one word and that's the letter U not the word. Uh, and that's where you'll also see, you know, more audio and video content going up. 
And, you know, we're also going to be exploring, I'm going to be working with the team at WJMS um, about possibly, you know, getting out onto uh, Instagram or, or other platforms um, over the course of the year. That will probably be later in the year um, as, as we get the Facebook and Twitter feeds um, under lock. So, you know, an, an exciting year coming. Uh, it, it's been a year in the making. I've been building on the structure of this for a little while now. And I, I believe I talked about this uh, a few months ago and, you know, told you to keep posted and I'd let you know when things are, you know, about to launch out. So that's getting close. Uh, you're going to see some changes as well. And we're going to be featuring um, indie music, you know, independent artist music uh, in, a, in our musical segments. Um, more so than commercial music, and there's a whole range of reasons why I want to do that. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, the, the look and feel of the show is going to get nothing but improved. Um, but always, you know, your feedback is vital. Uh, please send email to the show. Our email address is firedupradio, it's one word, at yahoo.com. Uh, please let me know, you know, what other things, you know, we can look at to improve getting information out to you. You know, what, what would you like us, you know, to talk about within the realm of the political machine? So, you know, your feedback is, is vitally important. I look forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting year. Um, hopefully it, it may be a little less stressful than 2020. But, you know, we're going to do our best to make sure that we keep you informed with all of the key information, all the key political system uh, and political mechanics news that can help you be more informed, uh, more educated and, you know, better equipped to communicate with your elected officials. So that's going to wrap up this week's show. Again, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2021. You're listening to Fired Up right here on WJMSRadio.com. This is Steve. I'm happy that you joined me. I look forward to our year coming up together. Uh, I think we're going to do exciting things. So thank you, everyone. Please stay safe. Please continue to practice your, your COVID safety. Wear your mask. Stay socially distant. Wash your hands. So I will see you all, and I will talk to you all. I look forward to it. We'll talk again in seven days. Take care, everybody. Wherever you stand, I'm calling every woman, calling every man. We're the generation we can't afford to wait. The future started yesterday, and we're already late.